College Panel Night. I recently spoke with Lily, a Fairbanks senior, about her college application and search process. It's not necessarily an easy process, but as they talked, I think it's apparent that it can be a fun process the more you work in conjunction with your school counselor and your families. There's a lot of good information and links in the show notes for today, including the link to the YouTube broadcast of our college panel night, which occurs live January 11th from 6 to 7. All right, Lily, tell me who you're, what house you're in, who your school counselor is, and how you got started on the college search process. Okay, so I'm in Fairbanks, and my counselor is Russ. And my first thing that I did on the college search process, I think writing prose was one thing that definitely like catalyzed it, just starting out writing a draft essay, and then hearing from Russ and another guidance counselor talk about the process. And then I started looking at schools, like researching them, using Naviance and like putting in my preferences. I did that with Russ. And then I looked at some schools and then I just went through the Common App. So the whole Naviance piece that you mentioned, that came out of writing prose slash what is now writing composition? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what, what were your, so just to, before I ask that question, just to give everybody the context. So the school counselors go into every single writing prose slash writing composition class around the time that students are starting the unit um, where they write their college, they write their college application essay. Um, a number of students will use that essay on their college applications, but it's a great time to have kind of that process supervised and and edited. And one of the things that we do is we not only go in and talk about essays, but we go in and we talk about the tools that are out there to help you refine your college searches. And the tool that we have available for students at CVU is Naviance. Um, And Naviance allows students to enter in whatever criteria is relevant to them, uh, things that they're looking for, uh, in, a, in a particular school, and then it feeds them a list of schools that match their, their criteria. So can you tell me or and everybody, because this is a podcast, so a lot of people are going to listen, hopefully, um, what your criteria were? Mm-hmm. So I didn't have like many going into it. I didn't have like any dream schools or any pressure to go to any schools for my parents, but I know I wanted to be a good distance from home, but not too far. So I did mostly like East Coast schools and then Another thing was a size requirement. I wanted like a mid-size to like a mid to large size school. So those were the two biggest requirements. And then... To start. Yes, to start. And then I started narrowing it down based on like interest as well. Schools that had a good psychology program or social science programs who offered those majors. And from there you did what? Then I just kind of researched the schools like looked up just statistics and stuff and like saw like how did my grades fit with it and like their um test if they were test optional optional or not because I did not want to send my SAT scores and then I also toured some schools that I was able to tour so your preference was to go go to a more holistic review school Mm -hmm. um were there any schools that you found during your process that where standardized test scores were mandatory? Um, none that I applied to. 
But you I found know, some that there were some, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were off the list because that was a that was a non-starter for for you. Mm-hmm. And what was your? You said you looked for schools on the East Coast that were kind of close, but far enough away that you mm-hmm. had some some family distance. What was yeah. your what was your radius? What was your kind of deal breaking distance? Mm-hmm. So the closest schools I applied to were Syracuse and UNH, like in the two opposite directions. And then the furthest ones I applied to were was um, University of Wisconsin and then College of Charleston. So a nice, a nice, nice range. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did say that you went and visited some campuses. Tell yeah. us about, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. So the summer before my senior year, my dad and I did a day trip down to Syracuse where we did a campus tour and then we talked to like the head of the um, like arts and sciences college for a bit. So that was the first tour. And I think it went well. I didn't love or hate the school. I think part of it was just being overwhelmed. So that was my first tour. And then during a long weekend during my senior year, my mom and I did a road trip and toured schools in North Carolina and Virginia. And this was kind of once I had like figured wait, out. Wait a minute. You and your mom got in the car and drove to North Carolina. Yes, for a we long, did. For a long weekend. Yes. It was like a four, five day trip. A lot of driving. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I, I pick on you, but I think that's an important uh, that's an important piece of this of this whole puzzle is kind of getting on these campuses because mm-hmm. my own personal story is um, my dad and I lived in Chicago and we flew to Albany. We rented a convertible in the middle mm-hmm. of February and the first thing we did in the middle of February in a convertible was my dad said, we're in a convertible, let's put the top down. And then uh, drove to several different schools and kind of got a sense of whether or not I would feel at home on, on these campuses. So how did, you don't need to tell the convertible story, mm-hmm. but how did you kind of evaluate your time on campuses? Did you make some decisions like this school's a yes, this school's a no based on campus feel? Yeah, I did. So I know um, one school that I thought I was going to love was Duke, and I toured it, and just I just didn't like it. So that was a really good thing for me to be like, okay, I think I need to look at not as competitive schools just because I don't. it wasn't an environment that I saw myself doing super well in. And then another... Because it was too academically competitive? Yes, and there was just a vibe that the students all looked stressed out. Like, I didn't see anyone looking like they were doing anything fun, which other campuses I saw people just not doing schoolwork. This is at Elon, just only on their phones, which made me not want to go there. I wanted a good balance. So that kind of ruled out Duke for me. And then, um, like, oppositely, it ruled out Elon. I didn't like that. And then one school that really stood out was UNC Chapel Hill. Everything, like, that was the moment that people talk about when they're like, oh, I knew this was a school I wanted to go to because I had always heard about that and didn't believe that that would happen. And that's how I felt at UNC Chapel Hill. I just really liked everything they had to offer and the how the students, like, were going about. I thought that it had a good vibe, and I just thought it would be a good fit for me. I had that feeling when I stepped foot on or when we drove onto the Castleton campus at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a snowstorm and there was somebody out on campus who was like can I help you guys 
and it just that was the first campus we were on where people were you know kind of just made you feel at home mm-hmm. and it was so going by that gut you picked UNC Chapel Hill mm-hmm. and then are there others that kind of made the the short list yeah so um I also got an actual tour of North Carolina State which was fine I didn't love it or hate it so I kind of ruled that one out and then I didn't get actual tours but I like my mom and I did self-guided tours around Wake Forest and UVA and UVA felt to me very uh, similar to UNC Chapel Hill in that there was a good balance between academics and fun we ended up being there like the morning of a football game day on parents weekend (laughs) so that was definitely like you're gonna get a true sense of campus there um so that was fun and then uh, Wake Forest was also Parents Weekend, but it was, like, at night. So, like, all these kids and their families were all, like, dressed up and going to some, like, event. Like on, a like, semi-formal kind of yeah. thing with mm-hmm. for parents and, and students. Yeah. So that, like, I didn't get a, much of a sense of, like, academics just because it was, like, at, like, 7 o'clock at night. So I was, like, I don't think there was going to be classes. But just based on, like, the campus and just knowing what both the schools had to offer and how the students, like, seemed to all be super happy, those kind of made the list for me. And how many schools did you ultimately apply to? Um, I've applied to 10, and I have two more left to submit. Why so many? Because I'm just very, I would say... Indecisive? I would say indecisive, (laughs) but just that I didn't have a ton of, like requirements I guess I want to have a lot of options because I'm not oh you're gonna have options yes I will how are you gonna make your decisions well like if you apply to 10 12 schools what if what happens if you get six acceptances I think that I'm gonna have to evaluate at that point how close I want to be to home (laughs) that and the cost is gonna be a big factor I think that's gonna be a big factor yeah and have you and we're we're not gonna talk about family finances but I'm just Mm -hmm. curious to make sure that um, you all have, because this is an important part of this whole process, that you and your family have spoken with VSAC and you've completed the FAFSA and you've done those financial pieces. Yeah, we did the FAFSA and the CSS profile. CSS profile? Yes. That's the super fun one from College Board. Yes, my family's done both of those. And have you talked with VSAC? Uh, my dad may have. Okay. I haven't. Because that's good. Because in some ways the family finance piece the funding of college is the student's responsibility but it's also you know a, in large part the the family's the parents responsibility mm-hmm. uh, and VSAC really can help there's some Vermont state grants and some things like that yeah. that that students would be eligible for mm-hmm. I'm looking at their scholarship list right now and figuring that out before their February 1st deadline great so then you yes. have spoken with VSAC oh yes okay um, <laughs> and so we've talked about the fact that you applied test optional. Mm-hmm. We talked about the fact that you have <clears throat> 12 schools on your list. Um, I'm looking forward to the conversation where we have to do pros and cons list for, I don't know, six or eight schools. Mm-hmm. Um, are you planning on going back and visiting these schools and doing like an overnight or more extended time on campus? Um, I think that since there are a lot of schools I applied to that I didn't tour, I think We'll probably go down to look at those, especially if they're ones that like are that I do potentially see myself at, and we would that are affordable. So I think we'll do little trips there, but I don't know if we're gonna go back to schools that I've already toured. But maybe right, um, that makes sense. And then you have until May first to make your 
decision on where you're going to deposit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked earlier also about writing composition class. Mm-hmm. My assumption is that you've had to write or you have written your college essay. I have. Did you submit your writing composition slash writing prose essay on your applications? No, I didn't. So, like, when it was getting closer to my application, like, deadlines, I went and I revisited my uh, writing comp essay, and it was fine. Like, I, I liked it, and I went and edited it and kept the same topic but just reevaluated how that's changed over the last year. And then I just wanted to write another one to have options to, just to see, like, I feel like I can write a better essay that is more, like, representative of me and then I wrote one I wrote it all like in the same day just like totally just it just flowed and then I edited those two for about a couple weeks I had my advisor Russ and my writing comp teacher read both of them and give me feedback on them and I ended up going with the not writing comp one why did you end up going with a non-writing comp one I felt that the other one was just a better representation of me. I think that for writing comp, when I was brainstorming, I was like, thought about these are the jobs I've had, these are the sports I play. Like I was thinking about things I do and how to connect that to me. And then when I wrote my second one, I was thinking about more like my personality and stuff like that and then how I could connect that to the things I do or other life events just because I felt like if I talk about a sport or a job or a club, that's already being seen in my common app, in my activity section, so I wanted it to be more personal to me so the readers could get a sense of who I am. And I think last week or the week before, we, we released a podcast with Kathleen Gibbs about the, the essay writing, and that's one of the things that we actually talked about is you know what are colleges looking for, and they aren't necessarily looking for you to expand upon things that they can find in your application under mm-hmm. your activities or whatever they're looking for kind of they're looking for you to show them who you are um, and I think your essay both essays but in to a large degree the second essay you wrote did that mm-hmm. um, quite nicely you mentioned that that you wrote the essay pretty quickly yeah H- how put me in that put me in that situation how did it happen so? so quickly was it just a story you had to tell did it just kind of how did it just happen because I ask my my motive for asking is I find that a lot of the best essays are the essays that's that just happen Mm -hmm. it was definitely like that I was just in my room and I was brainstorming like these are the aspects I want to talk about myself like and what have been like unique experiences that have happened to me, especially ones that are just like seem very simple, like not like big life changing moments, just because I feel like those are kind of written about a lot or that's what I've heard at least. So I wanted this to be a pretty unique one. And then it was something that was very like current to my life right now. So I thought that it was a good thing that I could tell a story and then be reflective upon. I thought I could describe it and write about it in depth. And what is your, what are your pieces of advice to next year's senior class? And I, I want you to think about, like, who should they be talking with, meeting with, working with? What timeline should they be 
working under, you know, whatever pieces of advice you think are, are relevant to, to students and families who are just starting this process? Um, I would say start doing your Naviance and touring schools, like, at the end of your junior year, like, to get a head start. I know I felt a little bit crammed. I felt like I was kind of resistant to the college process and not wanting to really look at schools and stuff. And then when it came down to it, I was like, I should have done more of that. And I ended up being completely fine and not feeling that big of a time crunch. But I think getting a head start on learning about schools is definitely a big thing. And then also I would ask your um, letters of rec people early. Okay. I know I asked my um, one of my teachers on the very last day of junior year. So she kind of had all summer to like think about it, I guess. And then I asked one of my other teachers at the beginning of my senior year. So I think making sure that you ask them so that they can write you one so they're not already booked up. Yeah, some teachers do book up pretty quick. So would you mm-hmm. give your your sibling the same the same pieces of advice, like start mm-hmm. start early? Yes, I've told Luke that. He was on Naviance the other day, actually. Good. And yes. did have you did you use any other search tools? Um not really. Like I guess I kind of just like looked up stuff just on Google just for like simple statistics and then as I've been like narrowing it down and writing like my the supplements for almost every college like why do you want to go here that's when I started to go onto their website look at their specific majors and departments and then just other stuff like their traditions and just the about stuff and that's when I that was another thing I would use the college websites especially if you have specific requirements they have a lot of details on there I like that so you went on Mm -hmm. and you when they were asking questions like why Wake Forest, you would mm-hmm. go in and you would look up traditions and that way your essay could be focused on here's why I think I'm a good fit based on some of your traditions and mm-hmm. things you hold as important to to your student body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned other other pieces of software because I know there's a lot out there. College Board has a college search feature niche is one that students Mm -hmm. use and at school I don't really care which one my students use I want them looking for schools and getting on campuses and going and visiting but Naviance is the tool as I'm sure people who've listened to other podcasts have heard Naviance is the tool we use to send all of the necessary application information to colleges for students so like the school profile your transcript letters of recommendation that all goes through through Naviance. The other nice thing about Naviance, if we can get the senior classes to work with us instead of, I've got senioritis and I don't want to do another survey, mm-hmm. is that um, Naviance holds a lot of historical CVU data. So you can compare yourself to other CVU students who have applied to Middlebury. You can kind of get a sense of, all right, where do I fall on this um, on this spectrum? And, and we can do that for most of the students that or most of the schools rather that that our students have applied to um well thanks lily any last mm-hmm. pieces of advice or th- thoughts on something that i didn't ask that we you want to make sure you put out there for next year's senior class and beyond for whoever might be listening um just how amazing your school counselor is and how grateful <laughs> yes. you are that <laughs> mm-hmm. yes that and also Um, One thing, I know I thought about this, but also because this was a thing that you made me think about, like, 
what are the things that I have at CBU that make me successful here? Like my class sizes, thinking about how like I like to build a relationship with my teacher. So thinking about colleges that had like a small student to teacher ratio, that was another thing that I looked for. So just think about what your strengths are, I guess, and how the college that you're applying to is going to like help with that. I like that. Ways in which mm-hmm. CBU is working and how can you kind of push that into the post-secondary environment. Not necessarily mm-hmm. in overall size, but um, I like that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Lily. I appreciate yes. your time. All right, we ended and I realized that we were having a conversation as Lily was walking out the door that I forgot to ask a very important question. How did you apply to these schools? Because there's so many different application timelines. There's early decision, early application, early action, excuse me, regular decision, rolling decision. How did you apply to these schools? Mm-hmm. So, well, I used the Common App to apply to them. That's how I did all of them. And then I applied to about... Did you rule any out because they didn't take the Common App? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some students do. Right. I didn't... I, there wasn't any schools I was interested in that didn't have the Common App. Okay. And so I applied to about half of them early action and the other half regular decision and that was for a couple reasons one being some of the schools didn't have early action for example um syracuse and wake forest only had early decision so i had to wait for regular decision and why is that because i wasn't gonna commit to one of those when i just wasn't sure um a couple other ones i know unc chapel hill so they didn't have an early decision option, which is probably what I would have done. And their early action was a couple weeks earlier than I thought it was. So I just felt like if they don't have early decision, I might as well wait until regular decision so that I can make my application the best it can be. I don't didn't want to rush it. Didn't for, want to rush it good, for early good call. action. But if I had looked into it more and knew it was going to be a couple weeks ahead, then I would have pulled it together for then. But I That's putting figured. an awful lot into a very short period of time at the yes. start of the school year. Yes. That's and a hard ask for a lot of students. Mm-hmm. So those were two reasons. And then the other one was just some schools I've just recently added onto my list and other schools taken off. So just, yeah, that's why. And if you, you don't have to tell us where, mm-hmm. but have you heard back from schools and have you been accepted to some schools? Yeah, so I've only heard back from two schools so far. And I got into both of them, and one of them got into the honors program as well. So that was another plus. All right, so some decisions yes. that we will have to sit down and, and, and make. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks again, Lily. Yep.